Sonic Solidarity is sponsored in part by the Michigan Council for the Arts and Humanities, the National Endowment for the Arts, our patrons at patreon.com, and listeners like you. Learn more about Detroit Sound Conservancy, browse hundreds of artifacts, oral histories, photographs, and recordings, and join our mailing list at DetroitSound.org. I'm on the phone here with Melvin Davis, uh, Detroit Soul Ambassador, uh, Detroiter, uh, for a long time. Uh, Mr. Melvin Davis, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling great, and greetings to all our uh, Detroiters and all the people all over the world that love Detroit music, and uh, it's a pleasure to be speaking to you on this Easter Sunday. Yeah, and thank you for taking a moment on the Easter Sunday. I know these holidays are serious, you know, for Detroiters, and I also know it's a, a very unique one. Uh, so I'll get right to it, Melvin. Uh, just really quickly, but for, for an audience who may not know uh may not know you our audience absolutely knows you you've done a couple of concerts for detroit sound conservancy you played our salvaging sound exhibit at the detroit historical museum you recently played the bluebird stage at um the walter ruther library and turned it out we had a great i think a, a great response to that event um earlier this year but for those some people who might not know who you are how do you describe yourself when you meet someone who doesn't know uh, your music, your music, and your reputation. How do you describe who you are and what you do? Well, I'm a 77 year old uh, music legend because you have to be a certain age to become a legend. And uh, I love the city, and I've been doing music all my life. And uh, um, the music is loved all over the world, and uh, it's really an honor to represent this great city with the professionalism and the uh, the dignity and the creativity that it deserves. And uh, you know, it's really a pleasure to uh, to do music all over the world. I've been to nine countries, and uh, I've worked with uh, I'm a drummer, right. keyboard player, writer. I've written 600 songs. I've been with seven record labels. I've had my own record label, Rock Mill Records, since 1971. I've been a BMI writer, BMI writer since 61, and I've read for many artists like J.J. Barnes, Johnny Taylor, um, I even wrote Lynette McGee, the actress, her first song called Stop, Don't Worry About It. And I've written for um, Steve Mancher. I've written for Edward Hamilton in the Arabian. So there, there's been, you can look me up on the Internet, so I don't want to sure. go on and on about my accomplishments and stuff. But <laughs> I've been doing music for 60 years, and uh, it's been an honor and uh, a pleasure to do that. And when you were a musician, you know, just to briefly talk about, because you and I talked, uh, about your drumming when we last saw each other a little bit what what uh were were there other musicians in your family or were you the first uh of your uh musician crew within your family or did you come from a family of musicians uh actually i'm the first professional musician but i come from a very talented family and uh my grandfather he never did anything professionally but he was a great singer he played harmonica he played piano very hardworking, uh, uh, very honorable man. And uh, my mom was a good singer. She never sang professionally, but she had a great voice. 
but uh, I'm the first in my family to do it uh, on a professional basis, and uh, it's been great. And and when and and what's your? Do you still have some affection for the drums? I know most of the time when I see you, you're singing. You know, you're out front. You're you're telling the stories. You're making the connection with the audience. That's your main uh, bag now. But do you do you have an affection for drums? And do you still drum when you can, or no? Uh, not really, uh, because like right now, I feel it's more important that I reveal the historical uh, essence of the of the city of Detroit because this. This Detroit really is one of the greatest music meccas on planet Earth. And I call it the headquarters of rhythm and blues because this city has recorded more rhythm and blues recordings than any other city on the planet. We've had 300 fledgling record labels. And of course, everybody knows about Motown, but really the story is much deeper than Motown. Motown is our crowning glory, but the roots go much, much deeper. Yeah, absolutely. And you and I really met uh, because of those deep roots, uh, not that long ago, five or six years ago, maybe now, when you uh, walked into United Sound Systems, you were working on a documentary at the time, on, you know, and and you were uh, making those connections for me. We were at United Sound Systems trying to preserve that building and uh, advocate for its legacy. And United, you know, has a history long before uh, Motown. What were some of those other labels that people who listen to this might go and explore after we get done talking. Who are, what are some of those, those record labels that people should really um, should know? Well, well, you have a lady here that was, her name was Johnny Mae Matthews. Yes. And she had a big hit record called My Little Angel. And she also had Timmy Shaw with a big record, uh, Send You Back to Georgia. And actually, Johnny Mae had The Temptations before Barry did. She had mm-hmm. The Supremes before Barry did. They were the primes and the primettes. And yep. uh, the first record that uh, The Temptations had out, it was under a group name called The Distance, and the record was called Come On. And uh, she was really a tremendous influence on my life. I wrote songs for her. You can look it up on the internet. Yeah. And uh, one's, one's cool. called uh, uh, It Won't Matter At All. And uh, I wrote about four songs for her. And she was really a very energetic person. She loved the music business. There was also Mike Hanks, yep. who owned D-Town Records. And a couple of his artists were B. Edwards, had a big hit record, and Lee Rogers had a big hit record. Uh, the Fabulous Peps were a big act. Right. Mike Hanks was really a, a great guy. He wasn't the talented person, the gifted person that Barry Gordy was, but he loved the business every, every bit as much as Barry. But there was yeah. only one Barry Gordy, of course, and I admire and I, I feel that he's did a lot for Detroit, and I'll always be grateful to him for that. But there were so many other talented people that made this city the great music uh, mecca that it is. And uh, as far as 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 my drumming, I started out uh, playing drums and singing at the same time. And I had a group called the Jaywalkers. And in that group, David Ruffin was in that group. Uh As a matter of fact, David Ruffin lived with me for two and a half years before The Temptations. Okay. And, And Steve Mancha was in that group. And he was a tremendous artist on the Grooseville label. Cornelius Grant, the uh, musical director for The Temptations, when they became very, very popular and very famous, he was in the group. And also yeah. my cousin, Leroy Emanuel, who was a guitar player for The Fabulous Count, and yeah. he also has a group for the last 20 or 30 years called LMT out of Canada. And we did 19 gigs in seven countries, and it was a tremendous opportunity for us to get back together and sort of reminisce and go over some of the stuff that we used to do and some new stuff. 
And uh, that was my first group, the Jaywalkers. And then, of course, I played with uh, Lyman Woodard and Dennis Coffey in the yeah. Lyman Woodard uh, uh, organization. And we had a couple of albums out. And I was a Motown drummer. And I was a pers uh, personal drummer for, um, for uh, Smokey Robinson. Played on Tears of a Clown and traveled with them and played with all the other Motown groups. Um, the originals, uh, played a few gigs with, uh, with the Supremes, played many gigs with Martha and the Vandellas. And, uh, it's just been an honor. I've been doing music, uh, like I say, all my life. And, yeah. uh, it's, uh, it was a, a, a great experience. And I don't think that would have happened in any other city, not for me. Right. Other than Detroit. It and I'm also, also a member of, uh, the Detroit Rhythm and Blues Hall of Fame. And I got a Lifetime Achievement Award from uh, the Detroit Music Awards last year for uh, all the stuff I've done. Like I say, I've written about 600 songs, and yep. I recorded for many record labels. And uh, my big record was Crawl Before You Walk, and I was with Holland Dozier on the uh, Invictus label. So right. I've been doing this for a really long time, and uh, thank goodness I'm still doing it. And uh, I've traveled uh, to many countries. As a matter of fact, I was supposed to do a gig this year in May in mm -hmm. Benidorm, Spain. And of course that's been canceled because of the situation that the planet is in right now with the, with the, uh, coronavirus and, uh, yeah. all of the musicians and well, everything's suffering because of that right now, whether it's sports, whether it's music, whether, whatever it is. Yeah. So, uh, we're sort of all in the same boat where what? that's concerned. That's, that's a good way to segue there. I mean, I do, I mean, obviously people need to, explore your 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 catalog and and so many different musicians and labels and that's you know obviously some of the work that dsc does but let's talk about that impact obviously you're hopefully safe and sound and, and sticking in one place do you want to describe sort of you know give us you know give us give us a health check here uh melvin how are you feeling well i'm feeling well and uh of course i'm i'm very diligent with uh my mask and my gloves and my antiseptic spray and i hope everyone out there is doing the same thing because that is so necessary for us to be able to defeat this uh this situation and of course we are in a bad situation right now but trust me it will pass because yeah. even though we may not be handling it in the best way there are tens of thousands of very diligent very talented very gifted people that are looking for an answer to this and it will be found and we will get on the other side of this and get back to you know, being the kind of country and the kind of planet that we usually are, but there will be a difference when this passes. We won't be the same, but uh, of course we will pros we will prosper. There's no doubt about that in my mind. Let's talk a little bit about that. Just before the pandemic, you know, obviously, you know, there, there's a long history here. We don't want to go over all of it, but just, you know, there have been some ups and some downs, obviously, in your career, as in all careers. How is it to be a, a working musician in Detroit? Obviously, you've had great opportunities, and you're obviously you're you're very grateful for those opportunities, right? But what have been some of the sort of the sort of basic struggles of being a musician, you know, uh, in, in 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 Detroit? Well, I'm sure for me, uh, it's it's been like for so many others that uh, you know you you put forth your best effort constantly, and then when you do have some success, you know, you'll be very fortunate if you get paid. But, yeah. you know, it depends on your motivation. You know, if, if money is your motivation, then you won't be very happy in Detroit. Mm -hmm. But if your motivation is to continue this great legacy and to do everything that you can and connect with the universal forces of creativity, which is my motivation, and you have to love people. 
if you don't love people, then you probably are in the wrong business when it comes to entertainment because that's what it's all about. Without them, there would not be us. So I love people. I love, uh, you know, like when I come off stage, I don't go dry off or anything. I walk right off the stage into the people because that's the reason that I'm I'm doing what I'm doing. And I do the same exact show whether there's three people or 30,000. Because my motto is when I hit the stage, the first person I'm trying to entertain is Melvin Davis. (laughs) Because if I'm not having a good time, I feel like, why should you? Yeah. But uh, Detroit is probably one of the most talented cities on the planet. And, uh, you know, it's a pleasure to represent this city, like I say, with the professionalism and the energy and the spirituality that, uh, that has made us great. So I will continue to do that. But uh, Detroit, as I say, it's an amazingly talented city, and it had great opportunity. But it's one thing about the city, when you have a lot of great people, the competition is fierce. Yeah. There's a good side to that, and there's a, there's a not-so-good side to that. The good side is is that competition creates greatness. If you don't have competition, someone to, to measure yourself against, you probably won't reach your pinnacle. But uh, Detroit, with the greatness that, uh, that it has uh, displayed to the world, um, it just makes it a little bit tough. Every artist can't be super successful. Right. And I've probably had out at least 100 songs. And I had one million seller, which was Crawl Before You Walk on the Invictus label. And I had some success with uh, Grooveville, with Golden World, because uh, Golden World was a, a really big label here. They had Edwin Starr. They had uh, um, Whole World is a Stage. What was the name of that group? Uh, Fantastic Four. Oh, yeah. And, sure. And, yeah. Uh, and they had Pat Lewis. They had the Debonairs. You know, they were a very successful record label. And they eventually uh, ended up selling to Motown. And, yep. uh, Motown and, uh, is like uh, General Motors. No doubt about it. You know, Motown, I mean, Motown <laughs> is kind of world famous. So, you know, the competition, yeah. you're going to have a hard time competing with Motown. But, yep. you know, it's, 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 it's the marketplace. Yeah. You know, and uh, you have to compete. But one thing about Detroit, I'd say, the reason that we've had so much success is because we had so much opportunity because no matter how good you are at whatever you do without opportunity, it's going to kind of not have very much meaning. Right. So I will always be grateful to the city, even though they're extremely spoiled because of how much talent it is here, <laughs> you know, so I can understand that, but, uh, it's, it's a great city and the fans are great. And, uh, I just hope we continue to, um, I want to thank you, Carlton, because it's people like you that are, that are going to really reveal the legacy because so many of these people that created this great, uh, 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 legacy, they're dead and gone. So it's going to take youngsters like you to like, sort of, uh, tell the story of what happened and how it happened. It's not so much what happened, but what was the cause? What were the other ingredients? What were the other components that made this, uh, super storm you know, come to its head and become, you know, the Motown legacy. Well, let's talk about some of those agreement, uh, ingredients, you know, mm-hmm. and let's talk about a little bit about what you would like to see. So before we, before we move to the future, cause I do want to, I don't want to just talk about the past. I want to talk, I know you're, I mean, you were, you were playing just, just a month ago or so with us. So I, I want to talk about that future moment that's coming when we get back together, we're, we're, we're able to come together again, but mm-hmm. just right now in terms of, your co- your cohort, the the musicians, your singers, the other musicians you work with. 
how is everybody, how's your sense of how everybody else is? How is everybody else uh, doing in this, in this, in this pandemic? How are people feeling? Are you talking to your, you know, the, the background singers? Uh, sure I am. Audio? Yeah. 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 It's very difficult because uh, that's when that's your livelihood, you know, and your livelihood has been just sort of, sort of like taken out from under you. It's like everybody else that's laid off. That's not working. All the sports figures, I mean, I didn't realize they're much more wealthy than us, but, you know, no baseball, no basketball, no hockey, no football, you know, no concerts, no, you know, in other words, we have to do what we have to do because this pandemic is, is, is the alpha dog on the planet. You know, it doesn't matter whether you're rich, whether you're a billionaire, whether you're a king or a queen or a president or a prime minister, the alpha dog is, is, is Corona. Because yeah. we are all subject to its will right now. And the only thing that's going to really solve that situation is a vaccine. I know they like to talk a lot of stuff about this and that and, you know, maybe this will happen and I hope this will happen. All those words mean nothing. We're living in a situation today where it's hour to hour, day to day, and that's the way we have to take it and that's the way we have to deal with it. So I just yeah. hope that everyone will be diligent and for all of us to do exactly what we're supposed to do because we all have a responsibility in this. And I see people walking around with no gloves, no mask, you know, and uh, they're making a big mistake. Yeah. Because this is something that can, I realize that probably 80 or 90% of the people that catch this will survive it. But that's not the point. The point is, is that the, the, the world is shut down. We have no economics. You know, I mean, all the schools are closed. So we have to do what we have to do as individuals to make sure that we take the steps necessary to see our way to the other side of this uh, terrible situation. And I hope that everyone will be smart enough to do that. I really do. When you, when, when we all, uh, one of the things that we want to talk about today is that uh, uh, we work together. Um, DSC uh, did a, Helped put some music together for a podcast a year or two ago, and then we oh, had yeah, a, the Prime Town situation. The Prime Town, yeah, and then we had this concert that you were so good enough to uh, play for, and I did some DJing, and you guys performed, and you and uh, our friend Drew Schultz, our our common friend uh, Drew Schultz, went into the studio and did a version of uh, Politicians, Politicians in My, in my eyes. eyes. Yeah, and and uh, we're gonna release that DSC. We got more news about that later, but we're gonna put that together as a 45 and release it later this year, which is exciting and look something to look forward to. Honestly, a, a, a definitely a bright thing that's gonna come out of this year. Um, but can you just tell a little bit about? Uh, you didn't know the song. This is a song by the group Death. Uh, yeah. Called Pulse mm -hmm. My Eyes. They recorded it at United uh, in the 70s, but mm -hmm. you didn't know about it at the time. What did What did you think of the song? Oh, I thought it was a good song because Death, I thought, was a was a very innovative group to do what they were doing at the time that they were doing it, which was, I believe, back in the 60s. And, uh, you know, it was it was a pleasure to hear some of the stuff that they recorded that I had never heard. And uh, Primetown was uh, revealing a lot of my music on their shows. They right. did a number, of, a number of podcasts, and they're still available. Actually, you can look them up on the Internet. Yep. Uh, and check linked out. on our website. Yep, absolutely. We'll link to it, definitely. Yeah, but uh, I thought the song was good because, you know, I'm not a real political person, but let's face it, politics are a part of life. If you're living, 
then uh, you're being affected by the politics of, of whatever nation you're living in. So I thought it was a good idea for me to do it. I didn't do it the way they did it. I did it the way that I would want to do it. But you can check out both versions and uh, yeah. make up your own mind. But it's just speaking about what we're all living through, you know, trying to, you know, have faith and uh, and uh, and believe in our in our in our governments and stuff. But you know, they have to be responsible, and I hope that they will be more responsible than they have been, because we're depending on them. That's what they're being paid for is to do the wise thing for all of us, for the nation. So uh, that's kind of what that, that song is about, you know? It makes me think of that, that energy of that song. The, you know, it's, it's uh, one of the things that when it was rediscovered, there was a documentary about death a couple of years ago. And, um, you know, this is an all-black Detroit sort of proto-punk group. You know, they weren't, you know, sort of predated sort of the clash and sex pistols and some of this stuff. They, they really were sort of in response to sort of, you know, Iggy and Alice Cooper and that sort of MC5 feel, you know, that was mm-hmm. coming out of that 60s. Era. What did you make of sort of punk and sort of like that, that high energy as opposed to sort of the R&B that was your, your bread and butter? I mean, that was what you were writing for and have written for for so long. What, what, do, you, what do you make of that kind of punk energy? What, what did you think of it at the time when, when that kind of stuff was coming out in the 70s? Well, I did some of it because I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but Wayne Kramer of yeah. the MC5 and I had a group called Radiation. That's and right. we, were, we were into merging rock and rhythm and blues before there was an incident where the group had to break up. And, uh, you know, you probably hear about that. I don't want to talk about that right now. Sure. But sure. Uh, I love music and I love music that, that grows because you can't just keep doing the same thing over and over. Every generation has to have their own everything, their own language, their own music, their own clothing style. So I was a hippie in the 60s. I was the one down on Plum Street. Every time they opened the door at the, at the, um, at the Grandy Ballroom, I was there. Uncle Russ put on a lot of great shows. That was the first time I had the opportunity to see Cream live. And Eric Clapton is my all-time favorite guitar player. And that was the first time I saw him live that I had to walk up to the stage because I didn't believe that he and Jack Bruce and Ginger Baker, three guys, were actually making all that music. Yeah. So it was an opportunity to see the energy that that came out of the rock music. And uh, they sort of ruined it but uh, because they tried to commercialize it. But at first, when it came out, it was very, very forward-looking. And, uh, you know, they were onto something. But then once they, once they tried to commercialize it and make it, you know, for the masses, it sort of lost its, uh, its variety, because variety, as they say, is the spice of life. Mm-hmm. But the music business loves to commercialize everything, because then they can sort of make a template and uh, continue to do the same thing and make money. But uh, Right. The creativity gets lost in that when you when you approach it in that manner when it's just for the money. Yeah. So 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 to get back to your question, I love yeah. any type of innovation in music. I love it. You're uh, on a on a personal. My uncle who passed away a couple of years ago. He he went to those cream shows at the Grandy and yeah. Just his storytelling about that when I was a kid, I you know really turned me on to a whole bunch of stuff that you know, I wouldn't necessarily have gotten into, you know, and, um, uh, he was a, he was a high school kid at Cranbrook and they took him 
uh, to the Grandy Ballroom as a uh, as like a field trip. Mm-hmm. Because these young kids, you know, going in to go see Cream, you know, all in their little suits. You know, they all had uniforms. Yeah, on, yeah. And they took their jackets off. The story is they would reverse their jackets and put their ties around their heads so that they could, look, <laughs> you know, try to try to, you know, look look apart. apart a little more. Yeah. <laughs> so, because at that time it was in its infancy, and uh, the style and everything was being developed you know, right on at the yeah. moment. So yeah. I guess, uh, you know, like they had to do what they felt and that's what caused it to become a reality is doing what you feel because you don't have a template that you can, you can say, well, I'm going to do like this or like that. When you're doing something that hasn't been done before, you know, it's up to you to sort of create the style and the image. Yeah. Absolutely. And they did a trem- and they did a tremendous job at it. Yeah. I know it inspired the heck out of me. Yeah. Let's uh, let's uh, you know I I want to be conscious of your time it's Easter Sunday and and I'm trying to trying to take a deep breath over in my world too and, and not try to overwork too much but in our last last couple minutes here what are you looking forward to uh, obviously staying healthy but beyond staying healthy and, and making sure your family's healthy which I know you're trying to do uh, what what else is when we come back together in 2020 what what are you looking forward to hopefully some touring. The music we've, we just talked about, the seven inch, will hopefully drop later this uh, later this year. But what else? What else? You know, it's still early in 2020. So, what are you looking forward to when um, the worst of this is over? Well, I know that it will be over, and 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 how how and when it's going to end. That's the part that we don't know. But I know right. that it will. And uh, I'm just looking forward to continuing what I'm doing to inspire youngsters to continue this great legacy that Detroit has presented them with because it's their story. So that's why I do everything that I can, like you do, to tell the story and to, like, you know, complete the story of the other record labels and the other hundreds of artists and musicians and producers and writers that, uh, that, that, that participated in Detroit's great legacy. And uh, I'm going to be looking forward to getting together with my cousin Leroy up in Canada and uh, we're going to be cutting a few tunes, and uh, I'm going to be working with uh, Drew Schultz. We mm-hmm. have plans on cutting a couple more tunes and doing shows and continuing uh, to uh, represent Detroit the way that it should be. That's what I plan on doing when this is over, and everyone should be woodshedding, and this is an opportunity for you to perfect your talents and your skills and to be even more ready than you are right now and just to, uh, you know, just spread the word and spread the music and uh, the love to the world from the city of Detroit. Yeah, it's definitely a, it, uh, definitely a time for woodshedding and, uh, um, you know, a time to take stock. Melvin, I appreciate, um, uh, just on a personal note, we've talked about this before, but I just want to say it on the record that, you know, we've, uh, you, I've, I've picked up the phone a number of times to call you to talk to you about things that were of concern to me, uh, you know, in the scene and the culture and things that just didn't quite make sense to me. And you've always answered the phone, which first of all, I appreciate you picking up, but also, um, you know, adding some advice and some wisdom and making me feel like, uh, you know, it's not off or not, you know, cause there are moments of where you just want to give up some days and you yeah. always make me feel like, yeah. well, you could do that, but there's, there's other opportunities here. And, and like, uh, like, like I told a young man in, 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 in Flint, um, like I, I, I think I told you, like, it can be kind of painful 
you know, some mm-hmm. of the things that happen to you when you're putting forth your best effort and you don't get the results that you're looking for. But I just want to say this to everyone that's in that position. Embrace your pain mm. because your, your answer and your, your relief is on the other side of it. Don't let your pain cause you to quit because that's what it's trying to do. But you're stronger than that and you will become stronger if you go through the pain and embrace it. And then you realize that there's an answer to every question and there is a solution to every problem. So just continue to be faithful, be strong, be creative, and let nothing stop you. And whatever your talents are, hone them, perfect them, and drive it straight down Main Street. Well, uh, I think that that's for a good Easter message as any, and uh, we'll, we'll take it from there. Melvin, I really appreciate you picking up today, um, and uh, just thank you so much, and we'll talk to you soon. And we'll uh, see you later this year face to face. And I want to thank you, Carlton, for everything that you're doing and that you have done and that you're con- going to continue to do. And you just be diligent because uh, what you're doing is necessary. And, uh, you know, you're, you're getting the message out to a lot of people. And uh, it's going to take time and it's going to take perseverance. But you're a young man. You're strong. You're intelligent. You're talented. So just continue <laughs> to do what you're doing because... Believe me, people out there want to hear what you have to say and they want to participate in what you have to do. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I didn't ask him to say that, but everybody, the, the, uh, the great Melvin Davis, sole ambassador of Detroit. Uh, Melvin, we'll talk to you soon. I'm going to hang up and uh, hopefully this got recorded. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Much love to the planet. You guys be safe and be healthy. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Today's episode of Sonic Solidarity was recorded and produced by myself, Carlton Goals. It was edited and engineered by Detroit Sound Conservancy's projects manager, Jonah Raiden Silverstein. Our theme music was performed by bassist Marion Hayden and saxophonist Deshaun Jones in front of the legendary Bluebird Inn, Detroit, Michigan, 2019.